After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle, as well as the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on, particularly if you're a Dolphin fan. We had a lot of content on them over the weekend, for better or worse. Also, check out Off the Floor. That's our new Discord, $2.99 per month. The link is right here in the description on the podcast feed on the YouTube channel and also pinned at the top of the Five Reasons Twitter Page. Also, check out betteredge.com. That's code 5RSN. You get $20 to play at Better Edge. This is a stock exchange for sports betting. It is legal in South Florida and 43 other states because you're betting against others who use it. You're not betting against the bookie or the app itself. It also means you get to withdraw your money right away. You don't have to wait. There's no rollover with the 5RSN um, code. You get the $20 to play right away. And our NFL tournaments are just 10 bucks a week. Our NBA tournaments are just $3 a day. So you can enter them at any time. It's a great bargain. And now, today's episode. Down to this day. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple scars. Wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck to say. You in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power. Have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. We will get back to the current team in 2024, which as we're recording this is just about seven hours away. And we'll get into what's going on in this road trip. Of course, the Heat are going to Los Angeles. They're there already, actually. They're going to be playing the Clippers and the Lakers after a disappointing loss in Utah. We did a recap episode, myself, Alex, and Brady. So make sure that you check that out, too. But we're going to go back in time a little bit. Announcement over the weekend or over this yeah, over this weekend to the weekend from Goran Dragic that he is retiring. And I'm a little surprised, uh, Greg. Not real surprised because there just wasn't much buzz around it. I, You know, I... Covered Goran for a few years. I have access to him by <laughs> text, etc. You know, hasn't changed the phone number. And we've communicated over the years, even since he's left Miami. I hadn't heard from him recently. We've talked about getting him on the podcast, talk about the possibility of coming to play for the Heat. I never heard anything back. There really wasn't any buzz about him joining any teams. And my understanding was that he really only wanted to play in the NBA again if it was going to be for the Heat, that 
uprooting um you know i know his kids are still down here in south florida and uprooting everybody again to go play for some other franchise when you know his experiences in brooklyn chicago and milwaukee i don't think were all that great for him he was kind of looking to replicate what happened in miami (laughs) He, he wasn't able to and um when i talked to him when he was we were the bulls last year and i've mentioned this many times he thought he could play two or three more years like 15 to 20 minutes a night his body felt good. He felt he could still play at an NBA level. But if he wasn't going to play for the team that he really wanted to play for and the city he really wanted to be in, I didn't necessarily know that he was going to go to OKC or, you know, to, you know, some other team that may be looking for just a third point guard who's probably not even going to play much during the playoffs uh, at that stage. And so, you know, with the Heat, they didn't seem to have a ton of interest. We've talked no. about it. And then, you know, they went with Drew Smith. They went with RJ Hampton. Drew Smith got hurt. His contract was guaranteed. I feel like that kind of took away some of their flexibility at that stage uh, yeah. once that happened because they maybe could have walked away from from uh, from Drew and brought in Goran at a certain point when, you know, the, 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 the second apron concerns were kind of out of the way. Drew's contract gets guaranteed. Again, that seemed to be off the table. So I guess when you put all that into context, Greg, it's not that surprising. Um, and he gets to do it on his own terms. He's going to you know, play one final exhibition game in Slovenia, uh, his home country where he's beloved, where he led them to a world championship. I just want to get your initial thoughts when you heard, before we put into context where he fits uh, in Heat lore, I just want to, your thoughts as he retires. It wasn't surprising only because of the fact of, you mentioned lack of buzz. I also just knew that the interest level throughout the league um, it's gotten cold out there for the veterans. And that's just something that the way that the league is and Gorn kind of got lumped into that, even though I think he can help contenders. Mike Miller on his OG podcast with UD said the most underrated thing in the league right now is having veterans in your locker room, real hardcore playoff tested veterans. Gorn is that. Um, and so I thought maybe he could catch on somewhere, but when Miami has Drew Smith go down, and RJ Hampton is in and out. Lowry is in and out now. And Goran still doesn't get the call. Financial stuff aside, I knew that it was probably the end of the road. And um, and we're going to talk about where he fits, et cetera. And I'm going to wait to wax poetic to when we get there. But I, I'll just say I was less surprised that it happened. Although I would say this, I'm surprised he didn't wait the season out and see if somebody got injured. Because like, we talk about the heat going to all these other guys. I mean, if Kyle Lowry were to knock on wood, get on, get hurt for some reason, what would you do for six weeks? You know what I mean? Like, so it surprises me a little that he comes out with the announcement, but I think that part of that is him wanting to go out on his own terms and not be kind of pushed out. He's saying I'm done. He's been with four franchises since he was last with the heat. Yeah, because didn't want to do people that. don't want to talk about Toronto because he's not real popular up in Canada since he never wanted that trade to happen. And uh, we know he only played five games there. He only played uh, just to go through it here a little bit um, early in his career, obviously, uh, was Phoenix. Right. Uh, he played 88 games in, in Houston with Kyle Lowry, by the way, for a lot of those. Uh, he, here's his game totals overall. He played more games for the Heat than any other team, which actually. I think people in Phoenix would be surprised by that. 391 for Miami, 388 for Phoenix, 88 for Houston, 
51 in kind of an okay stint in Chicago. Again, that was after his heat days. 16 in Brooklyn, 7 in Milwaukee, 5 in Toronto. So if you add up the Chicago, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Toronto stints after Miami, he played a total of 79 games. Yeah. You know, so he He's never son really... Of the heat. <laughs> right, exactly. And with a little bit of Houston thrown in, but really he's Phoenix or Miami. Um, and I think that's how he's going to remember himself. And, and remember, the way he left Phoenix was not good, um, although it wasn't because of the fans. It was he didn't he didn't have a good relationship with Ryan McDonough, the general manager, by the end of it. And a lot of critical things said. And Goran tried to bite his tongue. One of the things I always appreciated about Goran, though, is that biting his tongue, <laughs> words would still be said. Um, he, he was... <laughs> you, you always, always remember there's so many of these instances but it's a little bit different i don't Linking want to say injury statuses yes it's a little different for european players they're, they're more open i think they don't come out of that culture where they're coached uh to not say anything about anything and so with goran i was always especially careful and I'll, I'll tell you i had a very good relationship with goran when he played but most media did like i wasn't alone like it wasn't goran wasn't one of those guys that was like okay this reporter is his guy. There are certain players like that. There were certain ones that I felt that, you know, were my, would go to me first when there was information that maybe trusted me most. There were others who maybe trusted others who've been around the heat for a long time or a national person. Goran had good relationships pretty much with all reporters. Um, he was open. He was the type of person that prior to a game, when you used to actually be able to find players in the locker room before a game, before they all started hiding in the training room, that you could basically shoot the bleep with Goran for 30 minutes. And I often did that <laughs> just about everything. And I was always protecting him, honestly. Like he would just tell me things that we were just, you know, we were comfortable. So he would tell me things on background and I'd be like, do I really want to get him in trouble for this? No. Uh, you know, cause he, he just, he would tell it how it was. Like he, he wasn't nicest guy in the world, but he had opinions about how things should be done. And I think one of his frustrations when he left Miami was that things were not done in other places. We've talked about that before, but they were not done in other places like they were done in Miami. And so, you know, the one that, that is kind of funny is remember when he went up, he had his Zoom call. He had a Zoom call because we were doing all Zoom calls during COVID. So during the bubble, the Heat would like make two or three players available per day by Zoom. So we would jump on the Zooms and it hadn't been widely reported who had stayed back because they tested positive for COVID, but yeah. we knew at the network that it was Bam and none, right? And then Gorod just blurted out that what was it that Bam when 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 Kendrick and Bam get here, yeah, and it was like oh Gorod's gonna get in trouble for that, but <laughs> but he was tenured enough at that stage that he could get that away he from get it. In trouble. He would get in trouble, but but he most players would, and it was just he was just himself in all of those ways. And I, I think before we get into his context of where he fits overall in heat lore, I mean, again, I have great memories of covering him. I family fest, I have, you know, pictures of him with my daughter at various stages. And it's just, you know, he just was, he was a regular guy. Like I, I'm not talking about he's dead. I'm talking about when he was playing, like when he would go, um, you know, one of the things he liked about Miami, he would put a hat on when he'd go to the park to take his kids to the park because he didn't really want anybody to recognize him because he just wanted to sort of blend in like just regular dad, you know, with his young kids at the park in Miami. And he grew to love Miami, honestly. I mean, I've, I've, we talk about certain players who embrace the city and the culture and all that stuff. Goran is, is near the top of that. Oh, yeah. um, and, and, and I, I think that again, as we put into context here, he did not have easy circumstances with the heat for a variety of reasons. 
first he's acquired for the the couple of first round picks, right? Our guy Norris Cole actually went out in that that trade. Uh, he was the best asset in the league. Don't forget. That's that's exactly right. And he was, and he went out for a couple of first round picks (laughs) and, uh, he joins a team. He's supposed to be playing with Chris Bosch and lit. And all we talked about was pick and pop, pick and pop, pick and pop. What's that going to look like? He did it with Channing Fry. What's that going to look like with Chris Bosch, right? The very day that Dragic was acquired was the day that Bosch Checked was in the, the hospital. hospital. Yeah. For the first time for blood clots. It's just like right after, you know, Pat acquired, you know, all those players to play with Zoe and Zoe failed the physical. It's like these kind of things happen to the Heat organization. So we got to see Goran with Bosch, but not ever in full flower. And by the time that they did start to play together, like we were like, where is the pick and pop? It's like they hadn't worked on it. It was, it was kind of weird. And then of course, when Goran started to kind of get his sea legs playing with the heat and figuring out how to play with Dwayne, which was one of the hard things he had to do. And I'll get into that in a second. Then Bosch went out again. And yeah. so we never got to see a team that I believe if they had actually had their starting lineup of Whiteside, Bosch, Joe Johnson, uh, with Lu- or Luol Deng, uh, with say he played great with Luol Deng. <laughs> he played great with all. Well, they, they were very close. Remember like that was that they became like fast friends, him and him and Luol. Great relationship with Luol. Great relationship with Jimmy, obviously, later on. Like, hard to find a player who played with Goran who didn't like Goran, uh, just personally. And and I, I think when you look at that team, you're like, if you had that lineup and then Dwayne and, and Goran in the backcourt with a, with a rookie, Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, who contributed, that team probably could have beaten Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals and might have gone to the Finals that year. So you had that. Then he finally adjusts to playing with Dwayne. Like, for a while... He would stand in the yeah. corner, like, yeah. and let Dwayne take over. And I, I remember right after they first came, Dwayne had never really played with a guard like him. Like, he played with Rio. Uh, Rio did not need the ball in his hands. Goran did, uh, for you know, and yeah. so it was very different. And I did like a stand-up interview with the two of them together, um, and wrote a story on it. Spent fifteen to twenty minutes with both of them about how this was going to work. And you could tell, like, Goran was so deferential to Dwayne. Oh, for sure. That it almost hurt the team, I think, You're at right. times. Agree. <laughs> he he just he did not want to step on Dwayne's toes at all. And I think Dwayne loves him personally, but Dwayne was still trying to be Dwayne. And Goran was like, okay, be Dwayne. And I, I think at times, uh, I think it was better with Jimmy. Um and they they kind of they they got into a better rhythm there. You're right. But with but with Dwayne at times it was tough. It, it's arguably as talented a backcourt as they've ever had. Um but it, it was not perfect, and it took no. some time for Goran to develop. And it really wasn't until Dwayne left and Goran Pitch. had that run with Dion in the 16-17 season, the 7-11 uh, you know, backcourt, that it was like, okay, this Goran is carrying uh, with this team. And then he has that great final act with the Heat, which should have been better, which was the bubble. And you know, I, he was their leading scorer for most of the bubble. Um you could argue whether he was their second or third best player, but he was certainly in the top three. A lot of talk about Tyler. Tyler was great as a rookie, but it was Goran was was the guy. Agree. And agree. And he just he got hurt and he tried to play through it. And that Zoom call that he had with us, where he kind of knew it was over, um, was one of the hardest <laughs> interviews I think I've seen a player do with the Heat because he put everything into it. I think he knew it was his last 
real chance to win. He'd been through all that. And uh, and then we and then you get to the end of it and he pushed himself out there on the floor at the end and he was not he couldn't play and he wasn't the same. Yeah. And it's he wasn't and he goes out the way he goes out the way UD went out in a lot of ways. UD played for years after it, but both of those guys pushed themselves to play in a playoff series, and I think it affected them. Um when you look at this, and then again on the other side of the break, Greg will get into you know where he kind of fits overall. I mean what which is the Goron that that you think of the most with the Heat? Is it that team with Dwayne that was really uber talented? Was it the 7-11, 30-11 run, or was it the bubble run? Bubble run. Because it, it, it was the one that cemented it for me where I started to tweet things like Goran Dragic is the best point guard in Miami Heat history. And for me to say that over Timmy Hardaway after my head coach screamed at me for four years in high school, you're not Timmy Hardaway. Stop trying to dribble like him. Um, I patterned everything I could possibly do on the basketball court after Timmy. For me to say Goran Dragic is a better overall, had a better overall run as a Miami Heat player is crazy, but I stand by that. And um, I think that he, Timmy had a better one season, but as far as a career in Miami, I would take Goran's. And um, so the bubble run is what cemented that. I think he was up to like 25 and four in the Eastern Conference finals that led them to the finals. So when people talk about him being the fourth best player in that series, are you kidding? Uh, so like he, he was an instrumental part of that. And so that's the, that's the run and that's the Goran, Jimmy, Tyler, Duncan team that to me, like, I can't associate him with those earlier groups as much because one, some of them weren't that good. And because we never got to see the Bosch combo, it's making me pivot to 2020. It's funny because you got Josh Richardson back on the team now, and I'm not with the team on this road trip, but when Josh gets back, I want to talk to him about this. Like Goran took a lot of those guys under his wing too. Um, you know, Josh was kind of Goran's rookie uh, as because Josh, they were try, trying to train Josh to play point guard when it wasn't his position. We, we still see them doing that even now that Josh is age 30. Um, but just uh, Goran was just very, very giving with his time to a lot of these guys, younger guys that came in. And he tried to be polite to the ones who frustrated him. Many conversations with Goran about why Hassan Whiteside could not set a proper screen. He would always, Goran, he didn't he didn't want to make a big deal of it, but he's like, he sets it at this angle. Well, it's because it's he didn't really want to set it, honestly. Let's be honest. Okay, but like, it, it was, but Goran tried to be polite about that in his own way, um, where the words didn't always come out exactly as he wanted to come out was always an experience uh and you know again he tried to make the best of it he tried to connect with Whiteside. one of the funniest things about goran was he was the worst lob thrower at the point guard position that i'd seen for his first couple years and he became a great lob thrower uh later on in his heat career especially the band i asked him about that early on in his heat career and another thing is like for a guy who only pops in on the road four times a year let's say uh, he was always so gracious and and answered all my questions. And he said straight up, like he learned to make his best passes as bounce passes. Like that was drilled into him at one point. And so he was he's a great bounce passer, but Hassan didn't catch passes in traffic. He caught him up. And, you know, Alonzo used to always point up, up, up. And so, like, that is something that I think he started to develop um more as Bam ascended, as weird as that was, um, because uh, 
I wish he could have maybe done it sooner for, to help Hassan in any way that he could have. But it's interesting that that connection never really hit the way that we expected point guard and center. And it had a lot to do with bounce passes versus lobs. Yeah, I mean, Warren was a different kind of player in the sense, too, that, you know, a point guard, we talk about the Heat not having a point guard, a point guard, but not a traditional point guard. I mean, he was a point guard who never had high assist numbers. Uh, it was more about kind of creating angles. Uh, he was great at creating angles and a terrific finisher. Like you talk about a guy who could finish in traffic consistently, was in the 70s at the rim. Um, I mean, so you look great. at career. I mean, he, he's clearly a Heat player. It's funny. With Phoenix, his last year in Phoenix, he was third team all NBA. He never reached that level with the Heat, although he did make one all star team. And of course, he had that incredible game with Phoenix uh, in the playoffs once. I believe it was against San Antonio, where he went nuts in the fourth quarter, which was kind of his arrival. But he actually averaged more points in Miami than he did in Phoenix 16.2, 5.2 assists. In Phoenix, it was 12.3 points and 4.5 assists. Uh, more minutes in Miami, 31 as opposed to 26. But almost the same stats, actually, otherwise. 46% from the field, 47 in Phoenix, 37% from three, 36 in Phoenix, uh, 79% from the line, 74 in Phoenix. So, I mean, but, the, the Heat, I, th this is one of those cases where the Heat got what they bargained for. When they made the trade of two first-round picks, they they got what they were expecting to get. Um, and I think I think the, the, the connection with the fans, though, is the thing that's really – struck us. So I want to get to that on the other side of this. Uh, before we do, I want to mention a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our friends over at Water Cleanup. Find them at watercleanupoflorida.com. Excuse me, wcufl.com. wcufl.com. Michael Robert and his team, they can take care of you. got mold damage, water damage, any of that stuff. But even beforehand, they can get you in the preventative program. We know that the insurance companies don't always take care of everything. So go to wcufl.com. Michael Robert, their whole team, they're based in Boca Raton but they service the entire Tri-County area. And if they can't get something done for you, they will tell you. They are honest contractors. Trust me, I've had a lot of people come to me to praise them for that. They've got more than 70 five-star reviews on Google as a result. So check them out. Water Cleanup of Florida, WCUFL.com. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. All right, so now we get to, in the last few minutes here, we get to the more complicated conversation. Um, because I, I do think that Dr- Goran Dragic will be associated with the Miami Heat. I think he wants to be associated with the Miami Heat. Seems like he's yes. going to be living in Miami when he's yes. not uh, in Slovenia. And I, I think for a lot of franchises, you look at the connection that he had with the fan base, and then you also you take into account that the Heat are retiring someone's jersey in Udonis Haslam who does not have you know elite career statistics and you might say okay Goran Dragic should get that number retired you know that number seven and I, I've made that argument in the past mm-hmm. the the question becomes when you become this kind of organization right you're a Celtics organization you're a Lakers organization you're a Spurs organization then you're being compared again in some ways against others who are up there already, right? And I think this is where it gets complicated a little bit for Grant because to me, okay, UD gets the community. The culture pass. Culture, fan base. You and I both agreed with him being, uh, his number being retired. Yeah, It's a no-brainer. People outside Miami can't understand it, but they don't, they, they, they just yeah. don't get it, right? It's stupid though. Exactly, okay. But then, okay, you've got that one taken care of, right? Yeah, so but you can't get you a bunch more, right? So, so what do you, so what do you do here? Because this isn't about Kyle Lowry wearing his number. Obviously, Kyle's number is not going to be ret- retired in Miami. Um, you know, at it's some not point, Kyle retired, right? So, so let, so do, do you think Goran's number gets retired? No, I don't. But I think it should. Um, well, this is where I stand. If Timmy's number is retired, why is Gorn's number not retired when Gorn had a better career, Miami Heat career? Timmy got as far as game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. Gorn got all the way to the finals and he averaged uh, you know, incredible stuff. I know Timmy had a great game seven in that run against New York, but in in the games against Chicago, they made short order of Miami. Um, so he didn't really make it that much further. So to me, I just feel like if you're going to have Timmy up there, Gorn deserves it. But the reason why Timmy's up there is because Timmy's a Hall of Famer. And I think that that part of it, Gorn's not going to get in. And so, like, you're not going to be able to be like, that's a Hall of Famer up in the rafters. And so I think that they're going to ultimately stay away from it the similar way that they did with Glenn Rice. 
And I'll also tell you this, there'd be no way in hell Kyle Lowry would have number seven on if they were planning on ever retiring Goran's number. Yeah, I think it's a fair way to look at it. Um, Who wears number six? Has anyone even tried? No, it was before LeBron, right? It was uh, it was Eddie oh, Jones, yeah. EJ, it was Mario yeah. Chalmers. But w- once he wore it, I, I, I'll say this, and I guess some of this, I, let's not get into the whole Marino and Jordan being up in the rafters because we both know that that shouldn't be the case and doesn't really have anything to do with this. But I know that there'll be some comments uh, related to that because there always are. I think it's debatable to say that he had a better career than Timmy. Uh, I, I think that, look, t- first thing, Timmy took a while to get in the Hall of Fame because of the other factors and also because of the injuries that he dealt with uh, that curtailed what was a clear Hall of Fame path in True. Golden State, uh, probably ahead of even Richmond. Richmond took some time and Mullen, uh, and then he went to Miami. And I, I think the difference is this. My- Miami, for whatever they did in the playoffs on those Timmy teams, which was not enough. Obviously they, they lost three out of four series to the Knicks uh, in the deciding game. They were, they were a number one, number two seed type team for basically four years. Right. Um, and, and, and Tim was one of their two best players. Like there was no question about that. Like you and I've had this conversation, like there were times that Tim was more important than Zoe. Hundred percent, and also okay. the go-to guy, and also just to close the loop on Tim Hardaway in all those years, he was um, like we talk about peak Tim Hardaway years in terms of I- impacting winning. Those were those years, ninety six, ninety seven in particular was just unbelievable. So to me, um, that I do understand, and also the reason why they flamed out early against the Knicks was not because of Tim Hardaway. <laughs> no, he he was never the reason. Actually, like it's it's funny. Like when you look back at Tim's career, um, and it didn't end particularly well, and he was unhappy with Pat about the you know the weight clauses and the assist to turnover clauses and all kinds of other things. But yeah, Tim was never blamed for what happened against the Knicks. Mash was blamed at times. Zoe was blamed because Ewing uh, would get off, and some of those role players, but Tim always escaped all of that stuff because it just was the assumption that he was the big game player, and he made so many of those those plays. Um, I, I I think that I think it's a, it's a it's a difficult argument, and it's and we can't really have it on our Twitter feed because our audience is so young on who had the more impactful Miami Heat career. I would lean to Tim still, and I, mm. I think even when you and I were discussing this during the bubble, I still think it's Tim. I I just think. I mean, again, you're talking about a team. If Jordan wasn't in the way and they couldn't, didn't they kept tripping over the Knicks? Like those Tim Zoe teams were. I mean, that was consistent but, contention year after year, and it was them. It was the two of them. Like we could talk about Mash and Vashon and Marley and Terry Porter for one year or Crotty for one, or any of the other guys that they plugged in there, but it was it was and it was Tim and it was Zoe, and that was it. There's no Dragic team. Like I it's 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 like, like I just I just talked about sort of but, the three incarnations that he was with. But but I ask you this. Had he stayed healthy and Bam stayed healthy and they closed the 2020 title? Yes. Yes. That, yes. That, then that changes yes. all this, right? Yes. So yes. he has an if in his bag too. Oh no, he does. And and I've said that. He's got two and great what ifs. Thing. And the Bosch thing. I mean, it's two of the great what ifs. And I, I do honestly, I do think they could have beaten the Lakers in that series. Absolutely. And I think that nationally it would have been clowned. 
and it would have been a bubble championship and all the rest of this stuff because I think the only reason it achieved any legitimacy with the national media and fans was because the Lakers won it. Round it's kind of like the in-season tournament this year. If the Heat had won that thing, I don't think they would have gotten any respect for it. It would have been looked at as a Mickey Mouse championship. Some still think the Lakers won a Mickey Mouse championship, but again, it's LeBron. Okay, it was LeBron and AD, and they won another one, and so it validated it. It's like, it, it, it you know, <laughs> it's self-fulfilling, right? Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, I just think... If the Heat had won, nobody outside of Miami would have given it any credit. But in Miami, in Miami, and also the context of what was going on at that time, which is that people's lives were miserable. They didn't know when they were going to be able to go outside again. They You're couldn't right. see family. It lifted and, us and up. They lifted us up. And we start putting out those podcasts. I'm not saying we had anything to do with this, but I'm just saying generally Heat content, Heat, uh, the bubble run was a great, great thing for people in South Florida. And it endeared them to Jimmy and to Bam and to Goron. And also the friendship between Goron and Jimmy and Little Face Coffee and Big Face Coffee and kind of these two guys coming, Brate and all the rest of that. Absolutely. If Goron is able to finish that thing, he achieves legendary status in Miami. It just didn't happen. But to be honest, and I'll close here, to me, it showed his character more than if he had stayed healthy the whole time and they'd won. Because that guy cared about winning a fucking championship as much or more as anybody I've covered around that organization in 25 years. ever put on a uniform. You're damn right. And and what he said to Tim Reynolds on the way out that day, and Tim was covering because he was in the bubble that whole time, and Tim's tweeted about this, and what he said to Tim, tell the fans I tried. I did everything I could. And so you're absolutely right, okay, in a lot of ways, to this fan base, he should mean that much. Um, but ultimately, I, I think that if you look at the totality of their time in Miami, <laughs> Timmy and Zoe put this franchise on the map. You're right. Goron is Goron was a great ambassador for the franchise. He was high-level entertainment. He adjusted everything. He cared. He gave everything he could to this team to the point that after he left Miami, he had nothing left. He had nothing left. Okay. He, he, I mean, you look again, look at the four teams he played for. Look at what he produced on those four teams. That was it. He left it on the floor in Orlando in the bubble for the Miami Heat. That is Heat culture. So I do think over time, maybe they should think about putting that, that jersey in the rafters. I don't think it's forefront right now. I don't. And I think some I think some time has to pass because I think 22 is getting up there. And, and 13. I, I, think, I think eventually 13 is <laughs> getting up there. Not and, I think, you know. And eventually, eventually six is getting up there too. All right. Uh and I and I think it's I think it's and gonna 11. Yes. Birdman? No, the other guy. All right. <laughs> we'll talk about that more as we go forward. All right, for Greg, I'm Ethan. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? 
Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.